a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Well, it's another busy day in our nation's capital. So we're going to round up a few of the things that are going on. The list of to-dos on Congress's to-do list and the Biden administration's to-do list is long and lengthening by the day. And it makes you wonder, are they going to be able to get to simplicity? We're going to continue to talk about that. I love that idea that we should all recognize our lives are much simpler, much, much simpler uh, than those who have gone before us. It's what we choose to fill it with that often stresses us out or gets us off track. So the president today announced the relaunch of the Cancer Moonshot Initiative. Now, remember, the program was initially started under President Obama, and he tapped then-Vice President Joe Biden uh, to lead the charge. Uh, Today, President Biden now hopes to reduce the death rate by at least 50 percent over the next 25 years. He made the announcement today in the East Room of the White House. Our message today is this. We can do this. I promise you, we can do this. For all those we lost, for all those we miss, we can end cancer as we know it. I committed to this fight when I was vice president. It's one of the reasons why, quite frankly, I ran for president. Let there be no doubt, now that I am president, this is a presidential White House priority, period. So the president uh, putting this on a priority list, and I think we all have to recognize this. This is a challenge uh, for administrations of any kind, and that is when you use the word priority, uh, there is only one. You can't have a list of priorities. Uh, You have to make something the priority, and I do think it's important. I think this is a noble fight uh, for the president for sure. Uh, I question the timing a little bit uh, in terms of everything else that is on the agenda right now, uh, and uh, again, I, I laud the effort and the focus. We do need to we do need to beat cancer. We do need to figure that out. We do need to make sure we've got the right kind of research and funding and opportunity for treatments for people at every economic level, and uh, making sure that we we do that. So I applaud the president for that. Uh, where this fits in the long list of priorities that uh, he is uh, continuing to roll out uh, is going to be a challenge to keep the focus and uh, to keep the momentum going there. Again, this goes back to his time as vice president under President Obama. We've also been noting throughout the program today that the Pentagon announced that uh, it will send 3,000 troops to assist allies in Eastern Europe. Uh, Very important. Uh, Pentagon spokesman uh, John Kirby provided the details at the press conference earlier today. As part of this commitment and to be prepared for a range of contingencies, the United States will soon move additional forces to Romania, Poland, and Germany. These forces are not going to fight in Ukraine. They're going to ensure the robust defense of our NATO allies. Uh, Yesterday, U.N. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield told NPR that they were no longer using the word imminent to describe a Russian invasion. Uh, and uh, also focus on the fact that they are trying to stay on the diplomacy path. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reaffirmed that during today's press conference. I used that once. I think others have used that once, and then we stopped using it because I think it sent an 
uh, a message that we weren't intending to send, which was that we knew that President Putin had made a decision. I would say the vast majority of times I've talked about it, we said he could invade at any time. That's true. We still don't know that he's made a decision. So we're going to continue to monitor, obviously, what is happening in Ukraine. And uh, we've talked about all the things that it appears that Vladimir Putin is trying to position or get out of all of this. And uh, we'll continue to watch that and see how he plays that out. Again, I think it's going to be much more small ball trying to get uh, leverage in a host of other areas uh, that would be wins for Vladimir Putin. Uh, I don't think invading Ukraine is the ultimate throw uh, or if that's any way he thinks he's going to win either internationally or or with his own people uh, inside of Russia. Now, in the midst of all of that, we've been talking, of course, about debt and deficit. The fact that we are just 16 days, folks, to another government shutdown. Don't worry. There'll be lots of drama. There'll be lots of hand-wringing. There'll be lots of shouting matches. There'll be lots of social media posts. And there will be countless appearances on the cable networks nationally. Uh, And in the end, they're going to do a continuing resolution. Uh, And so we're going to watch that. We're going to dig into those numbers a little bit more coming up uh, after the top of the hour news. Brian Riedel is going to join us to to help us make sense of all those numbers, what they mean to you and to your kitchen table uh, or your office space and your job. Uh, Some other things that I think are getting complicated for the administration, obviously the long list of things to do. Got to fund the government. Uh, Still talking some version of Build Back Better. We've got issues going on in Ukraine and international crises developing uh, and a host of other things. And it just got a little bit more complicated for President Biden and for Chuck Schumer, uh, who heads the Democrats in an evenly divided United States Senate. And uh, very sadly, this morning, the office of Senator uh, Ben Ray Lujan, from uh, Democrat from New Mexico, uh, they issued a statement saying that the senator had suffered a stroke. Uh, and is currently hospitalized while recovering from surgery. His staff said he's expected to make a full recovery, which uh, we are all praying for. Uh, They also said it is unknown when he will be able to return to Washington. So that now actually leaves the Democrats down a vote in a what is now essentially a 50 to 49 Senate, uh, which will make it more difficult for them to pass uh, anything that would require Uh, the vice president's vote. You have to get to 50-50 in order for the vice president to be able to weigh in. And that includes things like appointments to the Supreme Court. Uh, So that will be interesting to watch and see. And we obviously hope the best for the senator from New Mexico and uh, pray that his recovery will be swift and he'll be able to return to his duties for the people of New Mexico in Washington, D.C. But I want to round out this first hour uh, was something that I've been wanting to get to because as we as we talk about the nomination of a next Supreme Court justice, it will be very partisan. It will be very dem, uh, Democrat versus Republican, liberal versus conservative. There'll be lots of arguments there. And the thing I want to point out is when the justices get behind closed doors and when they're interacting and doing their job, uh, It is not about red and blue. It's not about which president appointed you and who you're representing because it's not a representative body. Uh, It is to apply the law. And I think some of this gets reflected in some of the statements that were made about Justice Breyer uh, after he announced his resignation. And so I just want to share a couple of these. Uh, from uh, from the Chief Justice, John Roberts. He said, Justice Breyer's optimism and profound love of country expressed through word and deed have inspired countless others. He is a tireless and powerful advocate for the rule of law in the United States and abroad. Now, they didn't agree on a lot of the rulings, uh, 
uh, or the interpretations, uh, but they were colleagues and they were friends. Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, conservative on the court, uh, talked about over 25 years of being friends with Justice Breyer and his wife, uh, talked about uh, his tenure uh, of friendship, of deep affection, uh, and all that they tried to endure and do together. Uh, Justice Sam Alito, uh, also uh, on the more conservative side of the court, uh, said, I will miss his unique questions at argument, his valuable contributions at conference, his insightful opinions, his amusing observations at lunch, and our many fascinating conversations on a wide range of topics. Uh, The justices get along, folks, because it's not about the politics. It's about the people. We're going to step aside for top of the hour news. When we come back, much more in hour number two of Inside Sources. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. Live breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio. Sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.